Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Every so often, I just strike it really lucky and I feel really blessed to meet authors who are not in the mainstream, but actually are such good writers that I invite them back uh, more than one time. Uh, My guest today, author Jeff Crawford, is one such person. Um, I think the first time we spoke was probably one of the first years that I was I was doing this, and I've asked him to come back another time, and I have him back again today because he's one of the most interesting writers that I know. Each and every one of his books is so different, and um, he is self-published, which is really great. He has his own small business, his own publishing company, so to speak, but I'm really thrilled to have my friend Jeff Crawford here. Uh, Some of you may hear me call him the big guy. That's because he's a really big guy. He's really tall, and I'm really short, and we're really good friends. I'm pleased to welcome back Jeff Crawford to Authors on the Air. Hey, my friend. How are you, big guy? I couldn't be happier if there was three of me, Pam. (laughs) It's been a long time since we spoke on the phone, although we do communicate through social media. And, um, and, but a lot's been going on with you. You have a very big family spread out through the mountains there, but you've also had a couple losses and, and things are changing as we have parents who are aging and siblings and, and aunts and uncles and cousins whose lives are changing. And you, it kind of has fallen on you to be the matri- the patriarch of your family now, hasn't it been? It has, and it's, um, you know, that's a burden nobody wants to shoulder, but everybody, you know, it, it falls on everybody at one point or another, and so you don't shirk yes. the task. You just, no. uh, you're just appreciative that you're there to be able to help. And um, Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, when you have a family as large as mine, um, because, you know, we're talking – uh, at Christmas, intimate that you know intimately well, all of the relatives you're talking 100 and uh, 120 people, um, you know, and and it, so it's it's large. So when they start uh, they start accumulating age in miles and they start falling away, then it seems like dominoes and they all fall at one time, and it's uh, it can be a rough go. It, it can be. On the other side of that. Um... You know, you've got youngsters, I mean, compared to you and me and your family who are bringing new lives into the world. And there's a lot of joy in that. And it truly is the circle of life, isn't it? It is. And it's, I've gotten to the point in my life now to where it's to where kids that are under 10 years old are fun to be with and not just an annoyance. Uh, <laughs> now I enjoy being with them and playing with them. You know, I, I get to teach them how to track turkeys or slip up on a fox or uh, go out and, and uh, you know try to try to find a raccoon in a tree and stare it down or something. So it's a it's a lot of fun to do that kind of stuff. And uh, it used to just really get under my skin, but now it's 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 a blast. I see. You know, I when I go on your Facebook page, I notice there's a lot of pictures of you holding some of the kids, and um, it yeah. just is a it's a very joyful look on your face. Like, you know, glad they're here, want to play with them, but I also get to send them home at the end of the day, and so there's a lot to oh, be said is. for that. 
<laughs> I, I loved I loved to you know juice them up on double chocolate brownies and ice cream and <laughs> and then hand them off to mama and say here have at it and I know they're not going to go to bed until eleven o'clock at night you know that's right it's, uh, it, that's a real that's a real thrill for me <laughs> that's like kind of a I, I you know when I see my kid and my grands and all and I say you know. Here you go. Have fun. <laughs> you know? that's, that's you are exactly you right. are now you are now experiencing it all. So you it's come full circle. Um, it and is. yet through all of this the family dynamics, you also run the family business and you still manage to you still manage to crank out a book a year at least, uh, one a year. Your new one, Tears for a Gunslinger, is, and I love the title. It's just one of the best titles I've ever heard. Um, uh, is once again completely different from anything you've ever written. Um, and and I know I've asked you this before, but for those listeners who've not had the pleasure of listening to you, um, talk about how you decide on what story you're going to write. You know, if I if I had a black and white answer, Pam, I would give it to you. I really would. I don't know. I get an idea, and then I decide if I've got the smarts and the talent enough to make a book out of it. Um, sometimes I'll have to pass that up, and sometimes I say, well, you know, I'm going to take a run at this and see. With Tears for a Gunslinger, I've, I've written – that was number seven. Uh, number eight mm-hmm. will come out in about – uh, three or so weeks, I think. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm wow. gonna put out one, two. I think I'm gonna put out four books this year. Good uh, grief, Jeff! The way, the way, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, but tears for a gunslinger. I was doing an interview in March for Ashes in the Wind. It mm-hmm. had just come out. I mean, like two two hours. It had been out when I did this interview. Wow. We didn't know when it was gonna release. We just scheduled it and then got lucky. And did this interview from San Diego two hours after it released my time, so it still it was still an hour away from being released on the West Coast. And oh, I was wow. in the middle of this interview, and we were talking about Ashes, which is totally different from anything else. And somehow we got to talking about antiheroes, and mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. And while I was talking, I had the idea for the ending of Tears for a Gunslinger. I said, what if you wrote a book and it ended this way? And the whole time I'm thinking about how in this book while I'm talking about the other one. So when I got done with the interview, I wrote down a couple of notes, and then I thought about it some more, and I said, well, I can't just stop there. So that night I wrote the first chapter, and this is two hours after this book released. I start writing this other book, and 32 days later that book was done. You but know, the, I, the it's amazing. It's amazing to me, first of all, that you're going to put out four books this year because I also know that your time is very limited. Your writing time um, between your family obligations and your business and the farm and everything else. Um, so, how I know that you often take a break when you have ideas and you just write. Do you write on your phone, on a computer, a laptop, or do you handwrite and then go ahead and, and edit when you put it onto a, um, a, a document? 
you know, I have found, and it started with Ashes, and then it did Tears for a Gunslinger, and then the book that's being, well, it's being edited right now, and the cover's being finalized right now, and the one I'm writing right now, I've done all four on my iPhone. I remember you told me that. the greatest way in the world for me to write. I love writing on my iPhone. It's really interesting. And I, uh, I can barely I, get a I, text I never, message out. I never out. dreamed of doing that. <laughs> I, I can barely get a text message out on my phone, although it's not an iPhone. And so, you know, without like having to backspace and I use like, you know, just my thumb. So I can't imagine writing a whole book on your iPhone, although I do know people who really almost run their businesses from their iPhone. Um, do you write the book and then send it off to edits or do you edit it yourself first? I do I do it myself first. I edit it as I as I write it. Right. And then I go right. back and I reread it on my word program. Um and I clean it up and put in this word or that word or whatever. And then I, I'll I'll send that in hard copy to my editor and uh then I'll look at her changes and see if I agree with them and then I'll make the changes and then we format it and send it up uh and it's a real quick process usually less than two and a half three weeks um you said that um you were doing an interview and you got the idea for tears for a gunslinger for the ending of it um Uh you know i i love that because a lot of writers tell me that if you start writing what you're sure of the rest of it falls into place even if it's out of order and obviously, this is what happened with you. You had your your you knew how the story was going to end. Um, how many times have you done that? Is this the first book where you've written the ending first? It is. It is. It is the first so, time I ever knew exactly what was going to happen. So, if that is the case, how did you know how to begin the story? I didn't. That's the that's the weird part. That's one of the weird parts about this book. There were so many in this one that never happened in any of the other books. I had no idea. I said, "Well, let's let's start out." And and it was a western. And you know my background. I I did that yes. for a living. I was a yes. cowboy. So I, I said, "Well, it's only natural that I should want to write a western. I just didn't know how. And I wasn't going to write a bunch of cliches that drive me crazy you know let's go rustle up some grub or give me a shot of red eye right right. i hate that crap so i wanted (laughs) so i wanted to write a good one and i wanted to write one uh that i could be proud of and would enjoy reading so i i I just started out the the best way for me is to is to start out uh and get everybody seeing what i'm seeing when i'm starting so i start out writing setting and description and see what happens and i i can i can write for you know two hours and never put in the first word of dialogue it's all just imagery you know and that's when it's fun because you get everybody on the same page as you and then i started writing and i said well let's see what happens and i had no idea what this book was going to be about absolutely none because the ending and I'm not going to give anything away, but you read the book. Yes. The ending does, is not what you think it's going to be. No, it isn't. It not, is. Especially at the beginning <laughs> of the book, it's not. 
No, no, no. And you get to the last last chapter, you go, what the? You know, I love, I always wanted to do that. I love surprise endings, and I'm good at it. But this one was the best. I I really stepped up on this one. And um, so I I wrote this book and had no idea where it was going to go. And I'll, 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 I'll give you two. I'll give you two really weird instances about this book that you'll that you'll really like. I, I guarantee you'll like these. One, when I got done with the book and I thought it was a pretty good western, I, I really did. And uh, the man that I cowboyed with or cowboyed for when I first started, after my first ranch job, I started working with him and his son, and rodeoed with them and everything else. And he was like another father to me. Uh, he was just a, a gentleman, and I contacted his family, and he's still alive, but he's in a facility where he can be taken care of because his mental and physical have abandoned him, mm-hmm. and he's dying of the same thing that killed my father two years ago, the same disease, mm. and I contacted him. I said, is it okay with you if I dedicate the first Western I've ever written to your husband and your father? And they were, yeah, this would be great. Sure. So I did it, and I was able to send them a manuscript, and they sent me back a picture where he had become aware enough in the moment to where he was sitting there dressed in some of his best cowboy gear, and he's holding this book that was dedicated to him. And that was the first time I'd ever been able to do that. Uh, What a nice thing. That was really, really neat. That's a really cool thing. So, you know, that's a very cool thing. Oh, it thing. was. It was, it was wonderful. And then while I was doing the first interview, when I had the idea, uh, one of the questions that came up was, "Who is writers that inspired me for different reasons?" You know, and of course, I'm, I'm running off uh, King and Foot and and uh, Dean Koontz and people like this and why right. they do it. And I threw out the name April Rain because. She's a machine. She turns out She's books amazing. and events I know. and covers and everything. You know who I'm talking yep. about. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's she's just she's a she's a force of nature. And yes. she contacts me up the next week and she says, "I can't believe you grouped me in with these great writers." And I said, "Well, I think you're, you know, I just think you're excellent at everything you do." And she says, "Tell me what you're working on. I want to do the cover for it." So wow. this cover that's got everybody's attention, April Rain did for me. Aww. So it was a it was a how cool is that? It's wonderful. It's amazing. It's amazing. And I love yeah. the cover by the way. Very nice. Yeah, Very that, nice indeed. That, yeah. And and that's that hat and that gun are mine. That that oh. was that wasn't something she picked up. That hat and gun are mine. She photoshopped it in there for me. Wow. Wow. That's great. So I'm going to let you spend a few minutes talking about this book and letting listeners know a little bit about the story. So please go ahead. Okay. Tears for a Gunslinger is when you find the that there is actually bad people and then there are worse people. Our hero is an anti-hero. He's a bad guy. He does bad things for a living. But he has a streak of consciousness, and something that affected him personally, he goes to right a wrong. And in the process of this, and it's, it's taken him three years to get to where he's at, um, 
his paths cross with some something that's never happened to him before, and he finds a woman that that cares for him and wants to show him affection and be with him. And nobody's ever done that for him before. So as they begin to hit it off, he's questioning, okay, what's she going to do when she finds out why I'm doing all this? Uh, is she going to be repulsed? Is she going to, you know, have political views against this, whatever? But it turns out that the man he's chasing is this woman's brother, and she has issues of her own with him. And you find out why, and she has every right to have these issues. So she supports what he's doing. So uh, you you see him travel from nowhere to Fort Worth to San Antonio, chasing this man in the late 1870s. And uh, and the whole time he's doing it, he's having to protect this new person in his life that he's never had to worry about before. And he meets some uh, he meets some really bad people, and he meets some really good ones that help him along the way. But um, and then he finds out what it feels like to experience collateral damage. So yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of good things, and there's a lot of there's a lot of heartache in this book. But uh, there is a there is a final resolution, and it and it. It's, it's not a the mind one that blower. everybody expects. It's it's a oh, good it one. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> um, it, you know, it occurs. My, my, it, my editor, my, my editor said such ugly words to me. <laughs> I'm done with it. <laughs> it occurs to me that every single book that you write, there is such a tug of emotion, and there's always collateral and there's always I think I want to say forgiveness but I may be wrong it's a lot of passion in every single book that you write I think there is um yeah I I don't like I don't like people writing books where every every character in some way is a superhero and, and there's a lot right. of those books out there like that. I want I want to see the human element come out. I want to see the frailties and the strengths. Right. And I try to show that in my characters. You know, they may step up and do the right thing and do the, do it at the hardest times, but they have to pay for it. You know, you're going to get hurt. Absolutely. And Jeff, I try to show you, that. Let me ask you something, Jeff. Um, of all the different books you've written. And all the different, you know, I, I want to say genres, they're not because they're all fiction, but um, is there, has there ever been one that you wanted to do a follow-up book to? Oh, God, no. Really? When <laughs> no, you're done, you're done? No, no. <laughs> I am. The only one that I considered, well, I'll I tell you what I did. I did a book called... Uh, Fields of Ghosts, which is it's the right. only one that's not in print right now. Uh, right. But it was a huge book, a big book. And I actually let the readers find out what happened to a character from my very first book with Sympathy for Job. It drifted right. over, and you found out where he ended up. And that was as close as I've come. I don't, I don't think I could do a sequel. I, I really don't. I don't like living with those characters once I've got to a conclusion. Uh, I, I run out of steam once I get there. 
because you're putting so much into it while you're while you're writing it. I would imagine. It is. It is. It is extremely um, taxing to to put that much into. You know, I, I'm not an emotional guy, and here I am having to write the emotions for five, six, eight, nine characters and right. carry it. Right. And so it's it it gets it gets heavy. It really does, and I don't I'll know imagine. how people who do sequels do that. Um, Pamela. Uh, Pamela Hudgens is that her name? Fagan Hutchins, uh huh. Yeah, yeah. You know she does this and carries this on, and she's really good at it. Stephen King did that with the Dark Tower series, and now he's done it with right. uh, this thing from The Shining, and he's carried it over to Doctor Sleep. And Dan right. Koontz did it with Odd Thomas, you know. And right. I, and I, I applaud those people, but I can't do it. Yeah, um, some people do them really well, and some don't do them so well because they become kind of formulaic. I agree with you, but I, you know, I, you've never even talked about it. It's never come up, so I just, but I just was curious. Um, your next book, which you've you you're sending out for edits, in um, I know you write fiction. Will it be another western, or is are you going no. more contemporary? It's very contemporary. <laughs> you will love this. It's about a it's about a man who uh, didn't fit in, so he decides the best thing he can do is just check out of life and be away from everybody. So he finds himself a place where he can live off the coast of Antigua, and he lives by himself. And he happens across somebody who needs somebody as bad as he does and actually finds his other half. But he lives wow. thirty years by himself on this little island off of Antigua. Interesting. And I know nothing about the islands or sailboats. <laughs> well, nothing. well, and here's I figured, the interesting I figured thing. It out as I went. Antigua, and I and I've been there, um, but uh, but a lot of books now because it was a very secluded island at one point. A lot of books are kind of set there, and I find that fascinating because it is really a place where loners would go at one time. So. I'll be real anxious to read that one, big guy, when you get it done. Um, I know that you're on social media, particularly Facebook. Um, you don't have, you are not fond of social media and all those other things because you have so many other responsibilities. But can someone friend request you on Facebook if they want? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I have, uh, I have probably. 700 plus friends on there and 350 of them I have to do with writing. Uh, I love, I love meeting writers and talking to them and uh, I'm on there and I have my own, I have my page, Jeff Crawford, and then I have JBC books and that's dedicated to basically just the books and I'm on Goodreads and, uh, and a couple, you know, you can find me on Google doing different things and whatnot. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm around, um, not as around as a lot of people are, and there's not as much as I should be, but you can, you can find me, and yes, yeah, send me a friend request. We'll talk books. There you go. This is my friend Jeff Crawford. The new book is called Tears for a Gunslinger. You can get it on Amazon. Um, it is. I promise you, you're going to love Jeff's writing. It's unlike anything you've ever read before. It's very descriptive. You will feel like you were walking in his character's footsteps throughout the entire book. Big guy, I'm so glad we had a chance to talk. I'll be thinking about you and your mom and and everybody else. I'll keep a good thought for you. But let's keep in touch, yeah? 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All righty, and I'll be sending you the link for the podcast. Thank you so much for being with me, and listeners and readers, thank you again. Go find Jeff Crawford, and thank you, Mom and Dad. I'll see you later. Mm-hmm.